Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 7.30, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life now your hosts of beyond the business eric cox and leslie haywood and great saturday morning low country welcome to another edition of beyond the business people you know stories you don't we're excited to have you back for another edition part two actually this saturday morning uh, with kathy petcash who is a um, franchise specialist at FranNet here in the low country and uh, first of all, Kathy, thank you for coming back and joining us again on another Saturday. Thank you. Love Saturday early mornings. We're, I know. Everybody <laughs> loves getting up early listening to this show. I'm one of your hosts, by the way, Eric Cox, here with Mr. Byron Stahl. Yeah, very glad to be here. Thank you, Eric. Welcome back for another week. Leslie is out, and we'll be back next week. But in the interim, we get Mr. Stahl to join us on not just a average uh, Saturday here in the Low Country. It's Memorial Weekend, so happy memorial weekend to everyone that's listening this uh saturday morning yeah and if you're visiting here i hope you enjoy charleston absolutely so uh, as we normally do each saturday morning we have the opportunity to highlight entrepreneurs from around the low country and hear wisdom and insight and really more than that we get to hear about their journey along the way and how they end up in entrepreneurship and in case you've happened to miss one of our shows shame on you however you can go to our website at CoastalWM.com. Click on the radio icon, and you can listen to not just uh, Kathy's show from last week, but actually all of our show going back for the last four years, which is a lot of information and leadership and entrepreneurship. So get a chance to check that out. And uh, Byron, uh, we're going to talk about Kathy like she's not here for a minute. Uh, Tell me a little bit about uh, what your takeaways were from uh, her segment last week. Yeah, hush, hush. We'll just talk over here in the corner. Um, I actually do one better. I have two big takeaways from last week. Um, the, the biggest one that I took away was actually her biggest challenge in business. And I think that's something a lot of entrepreneurs face, and that is employees, managing people, finding the right way to manage different types of people within that, the creative mind, the more mathematically minded between HP and working at a floral shop, as a quick reminder from last week. And the other big takeaway is uh, what she told us is her biggest lesson from her experiences, and that is patience. It takes time. You can't rush it. And she actually utilized that when it comes to managing people as well. Sometimes it takes patience. Absolutely, it does. And certainly, um, Kathy, when you mentioned that last week about the biggest challenge, uh, it reminded me of a show we had a few years ago. I can't remember exactly who said it, but we asked them the question, what is your biggest challenge as an entrepreneur? And they said it real quickly. Uh, Without a doubt, my biggest challenge um, uh, has to do with uh, those who wear shoes. And it took me a minute to catch that, and I realized uh, later that it wasn't the equipment, it wasn't the technology, it was the people. And certainly one of the toughest parts of being an entrepreneur, as we all know, is working and managing with people. But I also like uh, the aspect, and I resonate with it because I, I think some similar background in working for a large corporation, mm-hmm. um, that when you left to go start your own business, you didn't just leave one day and the next day start that business. You took a two-week cruise, if I heard it right, to Tahiti. Correct. And gave you a chance to probably uh, clear your mind, get some focus, and and come back and dive in. I think that was a pretty critical moment to take that break in your life. 
Yes, I think it was. Um, after I was, quote, took my retirement package from HP uh, after 18 years there, I really just wanted to breathe. And I had a great career, traveled a lot. But um, so I took about a month and went and drove around the country, saw friends and family and just drove around the country. And then uh, I went on the cruise. And it's like what I find with a lot of my clients and I found with myself I'm retired, but boy, I'm bored. And um, I had fun. After about six months, though, I decided I need another challenge. And so that's when I went off and dove back in. Dove back in. So for our listeners that maybe missed last week, um, certainly your background was 18 years at HP. As an employee, you left. You started a a business or took over a business down in St. Simons in in the uh, florist world. And all along after you left HP, you've been a part of FranNet. And so I want to give you a chance to tell or listen a little bit about what FranNet is, because today that is your full-time role. And I think it's really intriguing because this is a business or show about entrepreneurship and business. And, and that's exactly what it is that you do at FranNet. Yes. FranNet is a franchise consulting firm that's been around for about 30 years. Uh, I've been with them for, ooh, this is my 13th year now, right after I left HP, Um as I said, I was just going to play around for a while, but I actually met a lady um, who was working with the franchise uh, industry and was looking for a partner in Georgia. I was in Atlanta at the time. So I wanted to play. I didn't want to walk into another business. I said, well, I'll get back with you in about six months. Um, so I started then in Atlanta, and I helped cover Atlanta. As you know, it's a lot larger than Charleston or St. Simons. Uh, but after about a year... Because I am a risk taker and I get bored easily, I wanted something else. And I decided I really needed to walk the talk. And I decided to move to St. Simon's, buy a flower business. And I felt that could really help me help my clients understand the direction of investing in a business and franchise route or start something from your own. And I think you said uh, last week before we got the show started that Franette was one of the best kept secrets. It so is. get the secret out of the bag for a minute and tell our listeners this morning exactly what Franette does. Franette is a, an organization that helps individuals, usually professionals, uh, who are leaving the corporate world that... Like, I want to do my own thing, but I don't know how to go about it. I don't even know what I want to do, but I just know I do not want to go back into the corporate world. And how do I get started? You probably got the attention of a lot of people, by the way, this morning. Good. <laughs> yes, because that's true. And it's either uh, people like leaving the corporate world, either on their own or laid off or whatever. And then there's the folks in Charleston and a lot of people coming from New York and Ohio that I'm just going to retire and start my own business, but they get down here and they decide they're bored with retirement. So they want something that they can run on their own, maybe not be involved hands-on every day, but what I interpret as a semi-absentee ownership business. So a FranNet helps these individuals. What I do personally is meet with them face-to-face to really define why are you doing this? You know, are you crazy? <laughs> and then put together the perfect business model for them. And people fall in love with a product, like, oh, my gosh, I want to start Dunkin' Donuts, or I love a coffee, let's go to Starbucks. But what I try to have people do is think about how you want to spend your day every day now. And how does this meet your professional goals, your personal goals, and your financial? So if you're going to start a business, let it fit into your life. And we build a model, like, 
How many days a week? How many hours in a week? Do you want a service or a product? Do you want to have 50 employees or one employee? Do you want to work on your own? Do you want to have a B2B or a B2C? And people, when we build this model, are really like, ah, they hadn't thought of it that way. But I really try to stop people and help them understand it's not the product. Yes, you need to believe in it. But first, let's define how you want to run this business. I love that model. That's a great framework. Absolutely fantastic. No, that's what's fantastic about a franchising model. And what's great about you as an advisor and a consultant in this is that you walk the talk. I try to. You've gone through Mm -hmm. it. You left corporate America. You uh, you bought a business, almost like a franchise. You bought a model. You built it up and you sold it. And now you're helping others do the same. And it sounds like you have great questions that you ask your clients on how to matchmake, like you put it, with these different franchises. What are some characteristics that you look for? Because I'm sure you don't just take everybody, but you look for certain people uh, that are right fits for these franchises as well. Yes, thanks. That's a very good point because franchising is not for everyone. Um, We represent about 200 different businesses, and the businesses we represent give us profiles of individuals that have been successful in those businesses. So they're looking for... They're looking for specific skills, business skills, management skills, customer relations skills, sales skills. It's not how to make a cup of coffee or how to be a cook. Because when you invest in a franchise with a restaurant, you're not back there cooking. I've had people say, oh, I want to buy a car franchise because I love tinkering with cars. You're not going to be back in the back tinkering with cars. So helping people understand it's the skills, the business skills that you've had, the ones you've developed throughout your business career that you can transfer into this business and make it successful. So your skills, your business skills are very, obviously you should have a, an understanding of financials. And if you do not have that understanding, there's a lot of organizations, the SCORE oper, uh, organization, the SBDC, that can help you. And you can go to pretty much free classes to, to obtain that. So I'm looking at skills. I'm looking at financial background. Obviously, a good franchise is going to look at your financials. They want to make sure you're financially sound, that you are ready to not pull any money from your business for at least a year, is what I tell folks. Very, very conservative. Um, Maybe sooner, but you need to have income to pay your bills, take care of your kids, pay your rent. And because when you start your own business, a franchise or anything else, you're not going to make a lot of money that first couple of years. So I want to make sure they're financially prepared um, before they go down this direction. And another interesting thing we've learned is personality. Believe it or not, certain personalities will do better in such businesses versus others. So skills, personality, and financials are the three key things that we look at. I'm going to ask you to just dive a little deeper into that. Give us some examples on some personalities and some matches just to kind of illustrate for our listeners. Okay. Well, um, and if I can just mention a few businesses. Absolutely. Really, yeah. Just we love that. Local, local You gave a shout out here. to Jim and Daryl over the SBDC. We love those guys. Yes, Jim was on wonderful. the show. So go after okay. Give some good props here. Well, um, it's interesting because people, again, think they need to be able to bake to have a restaurant. They need to be have car skills. But- the great examples are a banker from New York. Um, I'm just mentioning his name. Jerry Bolington came down a couple of years ago, uh, retired after 30 years in the banking industry. And which direction did he go? Not he, banking. 
No, he bought two beauty industries. He bought Waxing the City and Blow Blow Dry Bar that's right up here by Whole Foods. And so, like, why? He's looking to build an empire. He wants to have multiple locations. Why that? Why is he going to be good in that? Because he knows how to manage people. He understands finances. He understands the growth in a business. He likes to mentor and develop people. So as he opens multiple stores, he'll be using his people skills. Um, another gentleman who came from Ohio, <laughs> we love Ohio, wanted to, he had his own heavy equipment repairs and um, uh, uh, repairs and sold parts to basically trucks. He came down and he he's a score mentor, actually. And he came down, he came to talk to me and he says, I'm getting a little bored. I need a little bit more to do. I'm not ready to retire, but I never want to put on a suit and tie again. I want to wear my shoes, my my shorts. And um, he bought a mobile dog grooming business, Aussie Petmobile, if you have any. So what skills did he have? He knew business. He had run his own business before, but he really just didn't like networking. But he does most of his networking and and marketing through um, social media. So it depends on your skills, your interest, um, and, and the personality. Bob is a very laid-back guy. You know, he just wants to take time and make sure his groomers are doing a good job. And Jeremy's a go-getter. He is like, he's a, a very um, achiever is what we call them, as opposed to someone that's just a little bit more give back to the community, help people out. I work with a lot of veterans. I had a gentleman up in uh, Columbia uh, leaving after 30 years in the service in the Army, he said, Kathy, I want to give back to my community. I've been gone, and um, I want to be able to help my local community. And I said, well, tell me what that means to give back. He said, well, I want to make enough money that I can give a lot of that back and help people in the community, not specifically being a nonprofit. He bought supercuts, okay? Hair salons, well, why would he do that? Because he ha- is a semi-absentee owner, as is Jeremy with his beauty salons. But he can um, he has another job, okay? And he does this on the side. And he's opening, he just opened his third salon. And the way he's giving back is uh, free haircuts to veterans. He is giving and donating and volunteering in the city, and being able to make financial contributions to those uh, nonprofits that he likes. And he's very, very happy. Using it to, to provide flexibility. And I'll, I'm, I'm actually going to ask the reverse question on what I just asked. And have you had any clients that were looking for a franchise? Maybe you already had one in mind. And through your experience, I advised them, you know what, maybe this isn't the right fit. Maybe you don't have the right personality or the industry isn't right. Have, have you run across that at all? Uh, I have. Again, another gentleman, seems like we're getting a lot of people into Charleston, right, starting businesses, uh, contacted me through a referral a couple years ago. He was moving down, and he had already selected his franchise that he was going to open here, but he just needed some referral sources for me, bankers, uh, attorneys, and um, CPAs. So when I talked to him, he said, um, I already have my business. I said, you signed the papers? You're ready to go? He says, well, I haven't signed the papers but I know I have found the right business. I said, okay. I said, so may I ask what it is? And it was in the children's industry. And I said, well, ask him why. And he says, well, actually, my son wanted me to do it. And his son was 10 years old. And I said, okay. So he was going to open a chef, um, chef's 
company for kids to teach kids how to to cook. I said, okay. I said, so how many businesses did you look at? And he said, oh, just that one. And I said, you're moving to Charleston? Yeah. Well, how many houses are you going to look at? Oh, probably 15, 20. And I just used this comparison here. You're going to look at 15 or 20 houses for a major investment, but you looked at one business and didn't compare it to anything else. And to me, that's, you know, I'll be happy to help you look at other ones, but if you want to go forward with this one, I'll support you 100%. He called me back a week later and said, you know, I think I need to look around. So long story short, he did invest in another child-related business. It's called um, Songs for Seeds. It's a musical education program here in Charleston for babies from birth to before they start school. Very interactive, three-piece band learning experience. But I said, so why? Why the change? And he said, well, because I would be making money faster. I don't have to have an oven and a 2,000-square-foot place. So the overhead was going to be less. The investment was definitely less. And um, he could see the ROI faster. So I know, Kathy, you guys at Franet, you you do a great job of this due diligence process and walking an individual down a path of discovery and figuring it out. But sometimes we all make you know the, the wrong choice or it doesn't work out. Look at the, the angle of if, if you look at your history over the last 13 years of a scenario or two that didn't work out the way you would have hoped, gives our listeners some insight as to why. You know, what went wrong or what do you see as some of the challenges entrepreneurs are making in, in their decision making sometimes? Um, I must say that most of mine have been successes. I do, know of, I do <laughs> know of one situation. Um, a gentleman, this is when I was in Atlanta, was going to invest in a massage envy and but he wanted to relocate to another city that he hadn't lived in, and he wanted to open it there. Um, so he loved the concept. He did his due diligence. He compared three or four businesses. But when he got there, he didn't know the market or there wasn't enough due diligence in that demographic, and he didn't know the community. So one thing to be careful of, if you are going to relocate and want to open your business there, I do suggest you understand the community that you're moving into first. Um, hopefully I can help you with that if you're new to the area, like the gentleman that was going to buy the, the chefs. Um, you know, children, pets, and seniors are three great industries to invest in, but not all of those businesses will work in Charleston. It's dependent on the demographic. So I think he got into a situation where uh, he tried to open too many too quick, and he didn't understand the demographics and the locations as well as he should have. So um, in looking at your personal development, obviously, it's kind of like doing this show, right? Year after year, we've had all these amazing entrepreneurs, and we learn from that and learn from that. And I think as an entrepreneur myself, I've been able to grow from people like you coming on and telling your story. For you, you're working with business owners all the time. Uh, what would you say is a nugget or two you've taken away from those relationships that's helped you be better as an entrepreneur? What I really love once my new franchisees open up their businesses is I'm a connector, okay? I love connecting and networking in Charleston. And so what I've been able to do and learn from them is to understand what their needs are and to get them connected with the right people here in Charleston, help them find their their new, uh, their new client base. So once my clients 
rarely open their stores. I'm I'm done, except I tell them, now I'm going to be on your back all the time because I want to help you grow and be successful. I develop a lot of friendships with my with my clients, with their families, because it's a it's a very personal uh, journey that they're going through. That's I mean, that's that's fantastic. You're building lifelong relationships. So, you know, piggybacking off of that. Do you also help on the back end? Because buying a business or getting into a business is only half the story. The other half of the story is exit strategy. How do you sell it or pass it on or have a mm-hmm. partner take over? Do you help in that process as well? Yes. And that's uh, another question that I ask people when they start down this journey is what is your exit strategy? Where do you see yourself in five years, 10 years? Because that will also um, be very important if it's to sell it in five years, like my flower business, then you need to make sure you're going into the business that is going to have a good resale value, again, in this market. So um, at that point, yes, I have several resales here in Charleston that I do help them find a buyer. Some people want to go into the franchise system, but they want to buy an existing business, one that is already producing the revenue and they don't have to go through the startup. So, yes, I, I have some in my inventory, and uh, that's exciting, too, um, helping them make that decision, start from scratch, or buy an existing business. But they most definitely need to have that exit strategy. Some people want to sell it in five years. Some people want to pass it on to their kids. And it's very, very important because the type of business will influence how you're going to exit. And so, is that part of the – sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt there. Is that part of the, the fact-finding process when you're – you know? Asking all these questions about how much they want to work, how much they want to invest. Most is the exit strategy a big part of that? Most definitely. Because okay. when I go to do my magic and, and matching people, um, it's not really magic. It's very defined. But uh, that's one of the, the key elements, too. They want to grow it quickly and sell it versus they're okay with building it up, taking two or three years to really reach the area where they want to be to just what I call become a happy camper. They're making the money they want. And they can maybe not work as in it as much as they originally thought. So you referred to a couple of uh, scenarios and stories um, that alluded to the landscape of Charleston specifically, right? And obviously, this community has changed abundantly over the 13 years you've been uh, a part of this. And so, uh, I guess you've been in Charleston what five years? Mm-hmm. Changed abundantly in oh, five years. So when you look at the the community of Charleston and the changes we're going through. Give us your vision for the landscape going forward when it comes to entrepreneurship and starting businesses, whether it's franchise or scratch. Just what do you see as the vision for Charleston? Well, I think it's continuing to grow and expand. There's so many creative people here, either growing up here or coming in. And um, they're risk takers and they're young. Uh, that's something else that's exciting. When I first started doing this about 10, 13 years ago, my market was pretty much – 50 to 65. My clients now are 30 to 45. Mm-hmm. So there's this entrepreneurial spirit. I know my niece tells me, uh, I said, why are you changing jobs again? Because, Kathy, you have to, to stay ahead. <laughs> I was with HP with for 18 years, but her mentality in, in the, the group today is to, to change jobs. And I think they're also bigger risk takers. Um, they're not satisfied with the standard status quo. And... Um, they're kind of like me. They want to be challenged and they want control. I think they really want more control of their own lives. So I think Charleston's going to give them that opportunity with this growth and expansion. And a lot of service industries um, I, I work with 
And that's very, very big. Businesses helping other businesses be successful. All right. And, and, and lastly, before we run out of time here, I uh, also wanted to talk about, I know you do a lot giving back into the community. You volunteer at the Citadel for the uh, entrepreneurship program over there with Pat Mann. And I know they do a great job. Also, March of Babies. Talk a little bit about why it's important for you to be involved in the community and give back. Um, that makes me feel good, so to speak. Um, when I was in Atlanta, I worked with an organization that helped border babies, babies that were born to mothers that are addicted, and we took care of the babies. And that's when I really got into volunteering. When I came to Charleston, I was looking for something that really touched me. Um, involved with the March of Dimes this year, the Citadel Mentoring Entrepreneurs, and uh, if I could just put a plug in for uh, the Mount Pleasant Chamber of Commerce, I lead the Unfood Drive every year. And we're getting ready to start that this summer is collecting uh, anything non-perishable. We don't want perishable food. We want office supplies. We want toiletries. We want anything that these nonprofits from children's camps to Meals on Wheels that we can help them run their offices successful outside the holiday season when everyone gives in. And so we'll be starting that up here in uh, June. Wonderful. And in spirit of Leslie not being here today, I have to ask a couple quick questions because she usually rounds out our show with this in our last minute. Uh, Just a couple quick thoughts, whatever comes to your mind, say it. Uh, What are you most proud of in terms of achievement, accomplishment, something in your life? Uh, Helping others be successful. And I, I love monitoring. What is on your bucket list? Oh, well, I'm going to Newfoundland and seeing the polar bears next May. Very cool. I want to see the polar bears before they disappear. And if we were to say there's one thing about Kathy Petcash that maybe most people don't know, an experience you have, something, a quirk you have, a talent you have, what could you share with us? Well, um, I wrestled an alligator once. That one is unique. Wow. <laughs> I don't I, think we've had that one on the show before. I, that's a new I, one. I like unique, so that's my claim to fame. Love it, Kathy. Well, thank you again. <laughs> Kathy Petcash, again, is Franchise Specialist at FranNet here in Charleston. Thank you for your wisdom and sharing that with our listeners this morning. Thanks. It was fun. And Byron, thank you for stepping in for Leslie uh, once again to help us out here on Beyond the Business. Uh, Low Country, uh, please continue to join us every Saturday morning, 730 to listen to these wonderful words of wisdom in entrepreneurship and leadership here in the low country. And until next Saturday morning, have a great Memorial weekend and God bless you. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Tune in next Saturday morning at 7.30 for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC.